This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Listen, I've got an assignment today, and you're going to have to help me with this whole assignment. I, I, I came here today to embolden you. I'm going to read the scripture. I've been given a subject. I'm going to stick with the subject, and I'm going to roll with this. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, very powerful verse. It says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Verse, then Acts 2, 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Two verses. After you hear the scriptures, might be a good thing for you to say, amen. Those two verses of scripture are the verses we're going we're gonna to lean on from the topic, how to influence influencers. How to influence influencers. Father, help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've come, as I said, to embolden you. I woke up this morning at 2.30 a.m. I have not been back to sleep yet. I laid down at 11, I got up at 2.30, and I cried all night. Lord, please let me go back to sleep. And he didn't. So I figured after about an hour and a half that maybe I was supposed to pray or worship or study. So I'm going to have to stick a little closer to what I got planned here because God spoke to me and shared some things with me. Now, I saw some things in the spirit, and I want to see if they'll manifest here right now. I want to let you know that the kingdom principles that Pastor Tom just taught and have been teaching for the last few days um, are universal principles. You know what I mean by universal principles? They work everywhere. Kingdom principles are not governed by um, current cultural norms. Kingdom principles are not governed by present living conditions. Neither are they governed by human logic. None of these things impact kingdom principles. They are universal, and they work eventually all the time. The principles, let me make my point, that I teach at home in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, ought to be able to teach here in Harare, Zimbabwe. So what I teach as kingdom biblical principles at home ought to be able to teach and preach here. I told Pastor Tom as he was uh, preaching the other day, had a very strong message to open up the message. I said, yes, that's my man. Because the message was so principled and so rooted in the word of God that he could preach that at my church, the local church that I pastor, and it'd be no different than him standing in his own pulpit preaching here because it is principally sound. Are you following me? So you understand what I'm saying. I'm going to get you in a minute because you're going to have to be emboldened today. So my approach to ministry may be a little different than yours. How many of you have found that out, that I may be a little different than you? Anybody? See, you have to, t you're going to see it in a minute. But if it is biblical, it might be worth you trying it. I may be different, but if it's biblical, it might be worth you giving it a try. <laughs> so boldness is a principle that I find in the scriptures. And um, it's often prayed for in the scriptures. Paul said, pray for me that 
the door is open unto me and that I might be able to preach or to teach or to say what I ought to say and to do it with boldness. They were in the room up uh, another praying again in Acts 4, and they prayed. The room, the room shook. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and then they spake the word of God with boldness. Boldness is a, really a virtue that every true leader ought to have. Boldness is a principle that I find in the text. It's necessity. It's a necessity. It's necessary to be effective in your kingdom assignment. So listen to me, Zimbabweans and people from Africa. Let me help you with this because I'm studying you. I watch you every year. I came back again this year so I can be with you to study you some more. Boldness is key in order for you to be effective in your kingdom assignment. Boldness is a key. Pastor Tom has demonstrated this for us this week in his presentations. Uh, the messages that he have shared could be aired in the United States and there would be reformation to take place because it is not a message that is preached and generally uh, holistically throughout the country. It's a very pointed and it's a very bold presentation. Uh, you can hear the boldness in his inflection. You can hear the boldness in his belly. And it's biblical. It's very biblical. The proverbial writer wrote this. He said that the wicked will run every time trouble comes. He says, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Amen. See that? That's why I said, let me hear your roar. Because if you've had righteousness imputed unto you, then you need to understand that if you are right with God and in right standing with God, then you ought to be as bold as a lion. Satan is as a roaring lion, stalking, prowling seeking someone to devour but the people of God are like a lion and that we are bold as a lion we're as bold as a lion a righteous man you got to get this is at peace and is confident that his God will deliver him because he's right with God and God's got his back also we like a lion are courageous and unafraid there's a lion that walks through the savannah and not intimidated by anything or anyone, just stalking, just looking, just tall and strong and stands there and cuts his eyes and looks and, and all fear him. And so we should be as bold as a lion. And you got to get this in your spirit now because so many times we take notes. Like some of you right now, you sit in those nice cushiony chairs and you kind of sulk down and you're yawning and stretching like some of you are doing right now, just like a lion. <laughs> but that's not the kind of thing I'm looking at today. I want us to be as bold as a lion. Let me hear you roar. <laughs> Have anybody discovered but I may say some things that you dare not say. Anybody? Let me just see your hand if you respond. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. Very much. But there's a reason for that. And, and, and you got to get this. I hope some of this rubs off on you today. I believe that we need boldness, especially in our leaders, that this is a leadership conference. We need boldness. My quest is to get you to allow that leader in you that lion that's in you, to work through you for God's glory. See, you possess the power that enables you to influence influencers. 
you possess the power that enables you to influence influences. Now, you don't try to write everything I'm saying to you down right now. Please don't do that because what I want to do is impart something in you. Some things you got to catch. Some things you got to receive when it's happening. And when you're writing with your head down, you're not even making connection because I came to make a connection with you and to leave something in you that when I'm gone, you will verily be as bold as a lion. So my question is to, get, is to get you to allow that leader in you that you heard about, the Holy Spirit, and that lion that's in you to work through you. You possess the power that enables you to influence influences. Now, how many of you believe that leaders are influencers? Yeah, if you are a leader, if you're a pastor, you understand that because you have the power to get people to do what they are, what they are incapable of doing by themselves. You have that power. How many of you have done that? You got people to do what they were in, incapable. They couldn't do it by themselves, but you equip them. As a pastor, you equip them for the work of the ministry. None of you. Okay. Secondly, did you know that you have the ability to get people to do what they don't want to do and like it? That's, that's an influencer. But see how passive, how passive you are in your response to me? See how you, you didn't not one hand go up when I asked you the first point? This is what I'm trying to get you to see. God is getting ready to shift something in you. Now, now it's been really cold the last couple of days. You could hear it in my voice. I stopped up a little bit. But it didn't get cold until I landed here. So, so I believe that the, the God, when I landed, there was a shift in the atmosphere. So, so I, I believe that when I came in, God, I brought something with me that, that I want to leave here with you. So, so let me show you this. A leader is an influencer. Say that. A leader is an influencer. Now, I want you to know that you're not just called to influence your local congregations only. You are not called to only influence your local congregation. There's a leader inside of you that wants you to trust him uh, to um, influence your communities, your cities, your nation, and watch this, even the world. There's so many of us serve this big God with a small mind. We really don't believe that God can use us to influence our communities, our cities, our nation, and the world. Who am I? How in the world could God use me to do that? I want you to know it's possible that you should never underestimate your God. With God, all things are possible. He can take a nobody from nowhere where nothing good comes from and use them to influence the whole world. Yes, yes, I'm coming down your street. I'm going to say it again. He can take nobody from nowhere where nothing good comes from and use them to influence the whole world. Now remember, I came to impart something to you. So when I'm talking, I'm not talking about somebody else right now. I'm talking to you. And, I, and, and I'm trying to get you to, to see you and to see your God and be ready for whatever God wants to do through you. I'm going to prove you that God can do that. I'm going to prove it to you. Look at Micah chapter 5, verse number 2. It says this, But thou, Bethlehem Ephraim, 
though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. No response. You see, I want to prove to you, I want you to see this, Jesus is who we're talking about here. Jesus was born in that little tiny town of Bethlehem. He was there. Not much to offer. Not much that they had. Bethlehem is not a place that was worthy to have this honor bestowed upon it, but that's how God works. He, he, he'll put honor on something not honorable for his glory. And, and so Jesus was from Bethlehem. But what, not only from Bethlehem, but watch this. He, he grew uh, up and lived in Nazareth. Nazareth. Put this on the screen. John 1, 43, when Jesus was collecting his disciples, and then Nathan, uh, Nathaniel got involved. He says, the day following Jesus would go forth into where? Galilee. And findeth Peter, and saith unto him, what? Follow me. See how, see how, see how quiet you guys are? You got to get the spirit of boldness. Watch this. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, we have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of where? Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, come and see. Uh, did you get that? Now here's Bethlehem, little Bethlehem, little among thousands. Here's Nazareth. Now Nazareth was known for its immorality. Its immorality for being pseudo-religious. It was obscure. And they spoke a crude dialect. And no one could hardly understand what they were saying. So, so, so here's two places. Here is a, 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 a small town. And here is a place that... It's crude in itself. It's, it's full of itself. It's, it, 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 yet a man born in a small village who grew up in a bad community was used by God to influence the entire world. I just wanted to show it to you because Jesus is the reason for my being here today. And he is our perfect example. And he's from a place that nobody cared to be from, grew up in a place. And he was from a little tiny place that not many people knew a whole lot about. So if you want to know how to influence influencers, the first thing you need to do is watch Jesus. Born in obscurity, raised in poverty, grew up in stature and favor with God and man, died to himself, and is now seated on the right hand of majesty on high. God did that. Now let me keep going. I'm saying that it does not matter, here we go, where you're from. You have and can have influence. And you can influence influencers. When Pastor Tom mentioned this topic to me, we talked about how certain people, including pastors and leaders, have a tendency to only share their faith and try and influence those who have less stature or less importance than themselves. How we always go to people that are poorer than us, that were worse off than us. This is sometimes done so that we can see us as helping people up, that we help pull people up. We help lift people up, up from poverty and up from oppression and up from despair. But let me show you this. This gospel that we preach puts everyone on the same level. 
before and after Christ, right? Before Christ, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us, none good, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. After Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, barbarian or Scythian, for we're all one in Christ. There are no big eyes and little U's. We have got to begin to see that if we're in Christ, he puts us on level ground. We were all lost, now we're all found. We were all blind, and now we all see. And in Christ, it's neither male nor female, bond nor free, Jew nor Greek, we're all one in Christ Jesus. So when we started our local church, you got to get this. You got to understand that we didn't just go after the low and, and the needy. What I told folk was that this, I said, look here. Uh, we're going to go out here and we're going to reach some people that are not normally addressed. What I told you that God doesn't just want to pull people up, but he also wants to pull some people down. I, I actually told them that that's what God wants to do. Pull people down from pride, down from self-dependence, down from ego and vainglory. We're not just reaching down and getting the poor people and pulling them up. He came for them, right? But he also came to set captives free. And people are captive to self-dependence and captive to vainglory and captive to pride. So we got to get them too. So when we started our church, we were young and poor. We were in the hood, y'all. I started in the hood, in the ghetto. Nobody knew us. I was 29 years old. And when we went out and witnessed, we didn't discriminate. We went to the rich neighborhoods. When they were saying, well, are we going to go to the projects? No, we're going to the rich neighborhood. Let's get them folk that don't think they need Jesus. Let's go, let's go and ring the doorbells on the servant quarters. Let's go out here and make them think we're Jehovah Witnesses <laughs> coming through the community. And, and, and let's go out and talk to people that we will never engage, that we would never encounter on the street because they don't walk the same streets that we walk. So we took the gospel to them, and I was blessed. A lady by the name of Barbara uh, opened her door one day, lived in a mansion, had serving quarters, and this little white lady about this tall, her husband had died and left her a fortune, lived on the ocean, and she just opened her doors to us, welcomed us in, gave us tea and coffee, and then about six months later, I became her pastor. She moved on 20 years ago, upstate New York, and every month she sends tithes and offerings into our ministry back in Jacksonville, Florida, simply because we took the gospel to her, and, and I'm going to show you how that happened, all right? So, so the question is, how can you influence the influencers? The influencers in government. The influencers in baking, education, arts, sciences. These people often get little to no confrontation from those who claim to represent Christ. Now, Romans teaches us that. They're actually waiting on us to show up. It's in travail, the earth is, for God to reveal who his children are. It's the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I believe that there are people, influencers, waiting to become benevolent benefactors to the kingdom. They're waiting to hear something or see something from us who represent God. When we have, watch this, audience with them, we have got to be bold enough to speak to them. We have to be bold enough. Not arrogantly. Not arrogantly putting demands on them even. But boldly, in confidence, like the lion that lives on the inside of you. 
I am here to waken something in you. I am here to say to you that we have to be emboldened and we have to realize that the righteous are as bold as a lion. So you got to do this this way. Ask God for the wisdom to be able to manifest this. I heard Pastor Tom on yesterday basically summons us to speak truth to power. When you do that, you have to do it with wisdom. We have to become brave enough to face our oppressors and withstand persecution when the heathen raise. But we have to be wise enough to know what to say and when to say it for God to get some glory. This is not something you're born with. God's got to give it to you. This is something you've got to receive from God. So our text said it best. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully plumbed, they were all in one room on one accord, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in other tongues. You cannot be bold if you don't have power. The word on the street is, y'all, that God gives those who follow him power. Okay, there's an expression. There's a song I wrote uh, back in the day. It says, I got the power. You got the power. We got the power. Now, what we going to do with it? Yeah, I'm here for you today. This is going to be fun. So you cannot be bold if you don't have power. So Christian leaders should expect to make a difference. Uh, This can only happen. If you have power, it can only happen if you have power, all right? So I want to help you leaders who suffer with passivity, uh, who who suffer with uh, low self-esteem, who suffer with uh, self-condescending behavior, Uh, those of you who just are too quiet for the morgue, the, the morgue. You're just too quiet for the morgue. It, see, I, I preach, Tom, you know, I preach everywhere in the world. I, I, I preach everywhere, all over the world. I do what I do. And, and I love different audiences, right? I just came back from a very scholarly uh, uh, scenario up in Boston where I was speaking at a cemetery, I mean a seminary up there. And, and, and everybody was in regalia, and everybody was dressed up, and, and nobody said a word. I was in London recently, and I was just preaching. And in London, they don't move, man. I mean, you, you know, it's like, you know, they just don't move. They just, I don't care what you do. They just don't move. And, 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 I, and I love it, right, because I'm just filling the audience and this and that. But I say to myself, if these principles are true, if the righteous are as bold as a lion, and, and to be bold is to be courageous and to be forthright and to speak up and to do some things that we need to speak truth to power and we need to address issues and we need to deal with the oppressed, then there has to be some manner of, of demonstrative behavior. There got to be something in your personality that's got to shift. You can't walk around with your head hung down, condescending and being self-condescending and false humility and all this kind of stuff. You, you can't stand there with people, you know, the harvest field right there and you're just not used to talking to people who don't look like you, who don't dress like you, who, who, who you think are better than you. So we've got to have something because we're the salt of the earth and we're the light of the world and we're supposed to make a difference wherever we go and influence and 
everything. So I want to break that spirit of lower self-esteem off some people in here today. And I want you to begin to think on whose you are, not who you are. I want you to know that you may be from nowhere with nothing and be nobody in the natural. But I want you to understand that you are who you are by the grace of Almighty God. And that if God be for you, who can be against you? So I preached in a place called Nanakuli, Hawaii. And God did something phenomenal. I came in there and it was the same thing. These people were very quiet, reserved. They were very different. And I was wondering what's going on here. And I, I couldn't really connect with them. And then I looked up Nanakuli. And the word Nanakuli means my head hung down in shame. And what they got that name was, was back in the Polynesian Islands when the ships would come through. Sometimes they would stop off there on that, on that coast in Hawaii. And when the people didn't have anything to offer them to refresh them, they felt bad about it because they were poor and they couldn't do anything for them. And so when the people would come, they would say, you have nothing for us. And they would say, we have nothing for you. We have nothing for you. So when I found out what Nanakuli meant, I came in and I said, look here, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and let the King of glory come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord mighty and bound. And I began to say, lift up your head, and I began to deal with them, and I taught them what Nanakuli meant and where the thing came from. And before I left there, they were leaping and running and smiling. Even to this day, I had one of the older ladies there that said her world changed and her whole life life changed. She had been living in shame and in, and in self-abasement uh, self to the point that she wasn't even functional, but she's free. And she said to me, you know what? He that the sun sets free is free indeed. But watch this now. If I don't get but one of you, I'm going to get one of you in just a minute. So I preached in a place called Nanakuli and God moved. I'm preaching today in Harare, Zimbabwe and watch God move. Now this is not pride. I'm not I'm not even talking about uh, being bold and being prideful. Uh, if you're a leader, you should have already disp displayed the humility needed to be a leader of God's people. So you've already humbled yourself so that God can put you in that position. So now you need boldness. We need to use our influence to influence the people we lead, the community we live in, the country that we are from, and the world in which we live. There are influencers that are waiting for somebody who serves God to show up and put a godly demand on them. Uh, this can be done with your vision. I've had city officials who heard about our vision and, uh, that, and that wanted to come and meet with us so that they could become a part of what God was doing through our local church. Our vision motivated them to become a part. They want to join in. They want, they want to be a part of what God's doing through us. You have to have a vision. Say you have to have a vision. You are not restricted to your village, your small town, your remote location, or lack of anything. Actually, the less you have, the more glory God can get. The less he has to work with, ex nihilo, out of nothing, he made everything. So he doesn't need you to offer him anything. He needs you to offer him yourself. And when you give him what you have, he can work with it. So in Acts 2, we find the story of Pentecost. Here's the message. The text talks about people being filled with the Holy Spirit who begin to speak up and begin to speak out. But not just speak in tongues, but to speak, I'm not there yet, to speak to others that they didn't feel that they could even speak to. 
So they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? So that they can speak to others that they didn't feel like they could speak to. The world, the word talks about these who were filled as being Galileans. Pastor Tom has mentioned that. Acts 2, verse 6 through 7 is on the screen. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans. Now, to be called a Galilean was not a good thing. It just would not. So here the name used as the name of contempt in this verse the name was used as a name of contempt as it was being applied to the disciples because it, it, it was intended to be a reproach, as a reproach on Christ's followers. The Roman emperor Flavius put out a decree that all Christians were to be called Galileans, uh, hoping to end the use of the word Christian. So he even called Jesus the Galilean God. So these Galileans were crude and they were radical. They, they bucked against the governmental system. They were despised by the status quo. They were not, they were in the world, but they were not of the world. And so they had been now separated. Jesus was a Galilean. 95% of his activity was done in the region of Galilee. Ironically, the only disciple that was not a Galilean was Judas. Judas was the only one of the 12 that was not from Galilee. God used these despised people to influence and change the world. They were men of ordinary means, fishermen, tax collectors, revolutionary. They were regular old people, regular people. Everybody who followed Christ, I don't care if it was then or now, are just regular people until something irregular happens to them. When the day of Pentecost fully came, something irregular happened. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, something changed in their lives. They were 120 of them in that upper room, women and men who had been transformed by the life of Christ in that upper room. Fallible, simple men and women who had been told to go and tarry in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. They were a people with a promise, Acts 8, 1 and 8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. There were 120, the 12, the 70, and the women, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled for what? To influence the world. They were filled for what? To disciple nations. Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And Lord, I'll be with you always. For the people in this room today, we have the power to disciple this entire nation. You have the responsibility of discipling this nation. There is a power at work in us that you need to be aware of. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think, and he'll do it according to the power that worketh in you. There's a power that's available to you that's at work in you. Before I met Jesus, I could not stand before a, size, a group of any size and speak. I just had fear 
of standing in front of crowds. I just could not stand even small crowds, but definitely large crowds. I could play basketball in front of tens of thousands, but I could not speak in front of them. But after that, the Holy Spirit came upon me. After that, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I became bold even in my speech, and I was able to do what it is that God had created me to do and to be what it is that God had assigned me to be. My being baptized in the Holy Ghost made me relevant to the people around me, made me sensitive to the needs of everyone around me, made me focused not on myself, but outwardly on people, as Acts 10.38 says, that God anointed me, and I now was going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So Acts 2.4.6 says this, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues that the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, um, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Watch this. Being filled with the Spirit made them relevant. It enabled them to speak to the people that didn't have, uh, that didn't have the boldness or the ability to speak to. Uh, it gave them confidence. They were able to speak to people that before then they didn't have the boldness. They were locked in the upper room. They were in fear of these very people, but now they're filled and now they have confidence. Now they have boldness and now they come out and now they speak the wonderful works of God. And they were Galileans. You see, God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I want you to just look to your left and to your right and look at some foolish things in this world, some foolish stuff. And if you can't do that, pull your phone out and just look in the mirror aspect of it and you'll see a foolish thing in the world. God takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He takes that which is not nothing to bring to naught or nothing that which is. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be born special. You don't have to be from a palace. You don't have to be a prince or in the natural. All you have to do is be willing to submit yourself to the will and the purposes of God and God can take anybody and make somebody out of them. We've been called to be relevant and to influence the influencers. These Galileans turned the world upside down and you Zimbabweans, you leaders in this conference, you can do it also. As crazy as I am, I counsel mayors. I counsel governors of states. As crazy as I am, I told Pastor Tom, I got a call when I get back. I'm going straight to the White House. Been summoned by the president to the White House. And I'm going to speak my mind, to speak truth to power. I've already prepared myself not to compromise, not to bow down, but to go and to say what needs to be said. Christ in us enables us to share our faith with anybody and everybody. We are the most unique and most influential people on this planet. We should fear no man. We should humbly not feel inferior to anyone or anybody. We have more than the richest people of this world have all put together. I have a man who's the 150th richest man in the world who meets with me, who eats our food in our restaurant. We cater to the NFL football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. My restaurant supports 
supplies the meals for their games and for his box, his skybox at the game. He's worth $11 billion and he consults with me and he tries to find out how can he partner with me to get some things done in our city. But it wasn't until I got in his presence and was able to open my mouth and say what needed to be said. I didn't feel less than him. I didn't feel less important to him. You know why? My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and all them that dwell therein. He don't know what I got. The God of the heaven and earth, he is my father and my provider, my supplier, my way maker, my shield, my buckler, my present help in the time of trouble. We should fear no man. We have more than any man. Our father is God and he's omni-everything. Omnipotent, omnipotent present, omniscient, and he's overly omnibenevolent. He's got our back. So this wealth transfer that was spoken about in that prophecy that was read yesterday is going to take us it's going to take us, if that prophet's going to come to pass, influencing influencers. We got to do that. We're chosen to influence influencers. I'm going to give you some reasons how. Number one, Moses influenced Pharaoh. Number one, by speaking truth to power. He went down. He said, tell him, Mary, let my people go. He went down and he spoke truth to power. He told Pharaoh what he was going to have to do. He obeyed God. He delivered the message that God gave him. He didn't bow down, cower to Pharaoh. He spoke truth to power. Nehemiah influenced uh, Artaxerxes when, when uh, he went before him by number two, being broken in his presence. When, when, when the king saw Nehemiah weeping and, and burdened for his people, he found favor with him and he helped him go in and get what he needed to begin to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. You have to be broken in his presence. You got to speak truth to power. This is how you influence influencers. Joseph influenced the Pharaoh of his day. How? By number three, enduring hardships. He endured hardships. He went through what he went through. He didn't quit. He didn't throw in the towel. He wasn't weary in well-doing. He was left in that pit. He was left at Potiphar's house. He was left in that prison. He was forgotten by the baker and the butler, but then eventually he winds up in Pharaoh's court, second in charge in all the land. He endured hardness, and he was an influence in the life of Pharaoh, and he saved all of Israel. Daniel influenced King Darius, number four, but, but by, by not bowing to the world systems, not giving in to the way of the world, the way the world does things. This is how you do this. Jesus influenced Jerusalem by being obedient. He was just obedient. Number five, he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And the church today should be influencing the world by applying a combination of all these methods and lastly, by preaching the cross. The preaching of the cross is to those that are perishing foolishness, but to those of us which are saved. It is the power of God. Not enticing words of men's wisdom, but demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. A boldness that can only come when you feel with the presence of God. Yield it to him when you are enduring hardness and, and not
not bowing to the world system that are broken constantly in his presence and, and able to speak truth to power. Preaching of the cross will save all men everywhere. It's not even our own testimonies that can get men converted, but it's the preaching of the cross that can save men and women. The church has that responsibility. On the day of Pentecost, it was Peter having been filled with the Holy Ghost. You heard it standing with the 11 as a Galilean that influences the nation of Israel and 3,000 souls were saved that day and the rest is history. You've been called to influence influencers. How do you do that? Don't be afraid. How do you do that? Shake off your culture. How do you do that? Get rid of that false humility. How do you do that? Speak truth to power. How do you do that? Be broken in God's presence. How do you do that? Endure hardness as a good soldier. How do you do that? Do not bow down to this world system. How do you do it? You receive power. And when you receive power on high, you shall be witnesses unto me. God says when you've got the power, you'll open your mouth. You'll release the lion that's on the inside of you. You'll stand up and you'll step out. You'll decree and declare. You'll say, I'll speak up and speak out to anybody that gets in my way. You've got to speak it. You've got to decree and declare it. So I came all the way in my last three minutes from Jacksonville to you to say, look here, I don't want to be coming off up here in Zimbabwe no more in the future. And y'all be sitting there like a gator by the lake or a crocodile by the river or like a wart on a pickle when you're hearing truth and somebody's trying to infuse you with power, with anointing, with something that's going to get you out of your seat or do nothing, that's going to get you from just patty caking with God and taking care of your own little church in your own little village when God's trying to take somebody that's willing to transform a nation and that's willing to influence a world. You've got to realize you are who you are by God's magnificent grace and when he called you, he has a plan for you. You're a part of a bigger picture. You're part of a bigger scheme and if Zimbabwe is ever going to get back to being the house of stone and being back to being the breadbasket of Africa, it's going to take some leaders that's going to stand up and speak truth to power, be broken in the presence of God and say for God I'll live and God I'll die that won't bow down to nobody nowhere come on y'all you got to learn how to get up on your feet you got to learn how to open up your mouth and lift up your heads oh ye gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors and let the king of glory come in who is the king of glory you've got to let the world know who he is let me hear your roar Everybody's standing. Where's my man? He gone now because I got the Phantom of the Opera. Listen to me. I woke up at 2.30 this morning. You can hear my voice. And you can hear that I've been battling this cold weather. Everybody's standing. See what I mean? When I ask you to stand, if you're capable of standing, that means stand. When I ask you to do something like come forward, you don't have to wait on somebody else to move. You do it yourself. You got to, something's got to rise up in you that says I'm independent of anybody as far as my relationship with God. God is on my side. I can go where he tells me to go, do what he tells me to do. I can say what he tells me to say. You've got to be responsive and you've got to be a leader by action. You've got to be bold as a lion. You've got to be able to go back to where you come from and speak truth to power. You've got to go back and speak the truth in love. You got to go back and demonstrate a life of timeliness and purpose and, 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 and you got to go back and demonstrate a life of obedience to God. Your church can change. 
Your community can change. Your city can change. Your nation can change. And the world can change because you are in it. Put your hands together and bless God. But how many of you understand what I'm trying to say to you? How many of you have struggled in the past a little bit with dealing with certain classes of people? How many of you have struggled in, and you're just kind of in your culture? But remember I said principles are not governed by culture. And they don't care about your heritage or where you come from. I'm a little black boy from, matter of fact, I'm American too, so I got 105 years. So I, I, I'm just African-American, all right? And, 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 but, but, but you, you understand that you have a responsibility and a right to, to be bold, to speak up, to speak out. And there's an anointing. God said, touch not my anointing, do my prophets. No heart. There's an anointing on you that enables you to be what God has called you to be and to do what God has called you to do. You can't be ashamed about it. You can't hold your peace any longer. Man, I, we teach our people, you got, you got to learn how to walk. Walk with your shoulders back not this in pride oh no don't let people tell you that now, why would you do that you see people of importance people of prowess that, I mean you can be broken and humble please be broken and humble in the spirit but don't be walking with the people like excuse me excuse me Excuse me. Now, if that's the method God uses, then glory to God. But how many of y'all know what I'm trying to say? That God wants you to be erect and strong. He wants you to stand up and be bold as a lion. He wants you not to be fearful, but to be courageous. He wants you to be strong, and he wants you to look people in the eye. Be comfortable in your own skin. And give God the glory for saving your life and choosing you in the ministry. So you, my peoples, I got you. And I'm going to be praying for you when I'm gone. I got you. And, and I'm, I'm, I ain't been to bed since 2.30, so I'm going to go back and take me a good long nap today because tonight I'm going to get you. And, and tonight I just want to get you. You got me, I got you. And so we're going to get each other, all right? And then the people that going to come and join us tonight, they're going to be looking at y'all and say, what's wrong with them? Y'all gonna be like, they're gonna be like, what's wrong with them? But, but we gotta get there, and I want you to be there. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that can save anybody. So when I'm at that White House in the next week or two, and I'm there, I, I ask them no photo ops, no video. I don't wanna be seen, and I'm not going there to be seen. I'm going there to be heard. And that's what I like about Tom Duchel. Because it ain't about him, it ain't about me, it ain't about us. And if God's been so gracious to save you and to call you, be bold. If you're righteous, be bold as a lion. Come on, be assertive. Be alert. Be sober. Be vigilant. All right? I love you. Could you put your hands together real hard? God bless you. I love you. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.